Hi, this is John Marks, and I'm the administrative pastor here at Waterside Church. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast channel, where we upload weekly teachings from our senior elder Larry Titus and guests. Our hope is that these messages inspire you to grow your faith on a deeper level as we learn and lead together. Enjoy the message. Such a pleasure to be here. I'm going to be preaching out of the Gospel of Matthew. I have uh, my beautiful, beautiful goatskin Bible. It was the most beautiful Bible I've ever had. The leather is just unbelievably beautiful. I took it into prison with me, my brand new Bible that I love more than any Bible I've ever had. And on the way out, the lady chaplain who was uh, filling in for the regular chaplain that day, and it was raining, raining, torrential rains to the Rockview Prison in Pennsylvania. And I was trying to cover her with an umbrella with my Bible under my arm, and somehow in the process, my Bible went down. And with her high heels, she stepped on Matthew chapter number six. (laughs) And this is the second week in a row I've been preaching out of Matthew six, and I'm still ticked off at this woman for stepping (laughs) on. She stepped on my Bible. Most beautiful Bible I've ever had. I have to keep, the pages keep um, blowing away here. But I want you to know I forgive her because that was last week's message. I'm not going to hold it against her, but I do remember your name. I want to read out of Matthew chapter 7, verse number 7. Ask, and that's my message. Ask. Atai-o. Atayo, ask and it will be given to you. That is the Greek word. Atayo means ask, ask, ask. Atayo, ask. That's the only word that I want you to remember tonight. Ask, ask. James 4.2 says we have not because we ask not. It's so easy to ask. We always couch it in prayer and then try to make it spiritual, you know? Get into posture of genuflecting uh, or kneeling or some kind of a posture of piety. And all the Bible says is ask. And from this verse that I'm going to give you now, as well as through the rest of the verses, very interesting that it nearly always, when it says ask, it says to ask the Father. Not the Almighty God, omnipresent, omniscient, God who fills the ethereal universe. He's my Abba, He's my Dad and I can ask him. I can ask him, let's bring it down to shoe leather. The God of the universe wants to be your father, so if we don't ask him, he cannot be glorified. He cannot be glorified. Have you ever thought of that because we think, oh, that's silly, I don't want to ask him for that. But if you were a child, you would. If you were a child, you would ask for anything and and your parent wouldn't say, oh, that's silly. You have a God in heaven who wants you to call him Abba. Pater wants you to call him Abba. He wants you to call him Father. Abba, Pater the Greek, Abba in the Aramaic. Father, as our Margie in our Pennsylvania church, she would just clap her hands and say, Daddy God, because she had the most horrible experience growing up. And then when she met the God who is her father, she could just stand and applaud and say, Daddy God, Daddy God. I want you to know that Daddy God is saying, 
ask. So Jesus says, ask of me, and I will give to you. Seek it, you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The opposite is always true as well. If you don't ask, you won't receive. Even though, Matthew chapter number six, verse number eight, he knows what you have need of before you ask. And probably the answer is already on the way, but that he just wants you to ask. For everybody that knocks, the door is going to be open. Now, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone, a brave? If he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Can you just concentrate on that? How much more? Because the enemy tries to tell you that God isn't either listening or it's really something that he probably doesn't want to do in the first place. Or all of these demonic lies filling you with the simple truth that God is honored and in fact glorified when you ask. And he's further glorified when he answers. You who are evil, how? You love to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? There's an interesting scripture in Isaiah chapter number seven. I want to mention it. Isaiah chapter seven, beginning verse 11. And I'll give you the little setting. The setting is this, that the two northern countries that are above Judah, one was Israel, which were literally the same family as Judah, the southern kingdom. And then above that is the nation of Syria, which occupied Lebanon at the time. So Syria and Israel, the northern kingdom, decide to attack Jerusalem. The king is Ahaz. So Isaiah says to King Ahaz, God wants you to ask him for a sign. Ahaz being super spiritual, like we are prone to be at times, said, oh no, I could never do that. I could never ask God for a sign. He's God. I mean, who am I to ask him for a sign? And Isaiah said, you could ask the sign from as low as Sheol to as high as heaven, and God will give it. That means you can ask for anything, and he will do it. And the response comes back. No, I, I, I just don't want to ask him for a sign. And God's retort is this. Do you mean to tell me that I'm going to be giving you anything you want, and you insult me by not asking he said, I'm going to give you a sign. Now, most of it have not put it in the context, so we don't understand what a big deal it is to ask and how much our Father loves to honor you. So he says, I'll tell you a sign, Isaiah says, but you're not going to see it. A virgin will conceive. <laughs> the greatest prophecy that was ever uttered, and it could have belonged to Ahaz, but he refused to ask. A virgin will conceive and give you a sign. A virgin will conceive and his name shall be Emmanuel. I wonder if people just like us could ask big 
as big as our God because he wants to give to you more than you want to receive. And he wants to answer your prayers more than you even want to ask. Thinking it's an insult if I ask big, and God says, I'll tell you what is the insult if you refuse to go to your father and ask. Whether it's little or little or big, whether it's a cold or a cancer, the answer is still the same. You've got a God in heaven. Now, because he's a good dad, he can say no, as he did to Jesus on the cross. When Jesus said, Father, Abba, if it is your will, let this cup pass from me. And the father said, I'm going to have to say no to this one. Because if I say yes, we cannot redeem mankind. There will be no sacrifice. So he can say no if the benefit is for you. For a no is better than the yes. But I would like to suggest you have a father who loves saying yes more than he loves saying no. I would like to suggest that he is more interested in you, blessing you, yet we subject ourselves to a little mentality and think it's spiritual. I was preaching on India one time and I, I gave the dumbest illustration I've ever said in my life. So I'm going to say it again because it is not as dumb here as it is in India. But I said, how come whenever God brings us to the table and allows us to order our dinner, we order hamburgers when he wants to give us steaks? You can see how well that goes over in India where they're vegetarians. And as I'm saying it, I'm thinking, Larry, you've said a lot of stupid things, but this ranks right up there as one of the most stupid things. But to understand that we really do order hamburgers. In our first ministry, I remember the sovereign, miraculous hand of God that was with us as we traveled from the state of Ohio to begin our first church. And my wife has an ability to adjust to any circumstance. We can be on the worst place in the mission field you can imagine she makes it home. She knows how to adjust and make everything beautiful. And uh, on our way, she said, honey, you know, we were talking about where we're going to live. She said, honey, I don't mind. I don't mind. We can just, whatever God gives us, it is just, and as she's making this, something inside me says, no, we're not going to settle. We're going to have a beautiful house because we've never had a beautiful house. But we settle for things. And I think God is pleased with that attitude that I'm willing to sacrifice, and to be a good steward, and to start at the bottom rung. I think that is admirable. Yet to settle because it might be more spiritual is not really true. It might be spiritual to say, God, you gave me an ability to ask big, and I'm asking so small, which reduces your ability. Not reduces your ability to give, but my ability to receive, because I've never opened the door. The word says in Ephesians 3.20, to him, meaning God, who has the power, the dunamis, to do immeasurably more than I can ask 
or think, imagine, according to the dunamis that is inside me. So my asking is part of the process that ignites the fuse. So God says whenever I ask and I imagine, I will do immeasurably beyond whatever you can ask or imagine. I remember that one of the concerts, uh, Quinnell, I was, I was uh, at one of his concerts. I've only been to two, but I believe it was the second one. Where on the screen, he was sharing some of his vision. And one of the areas that he was dreaming, envisioning, was playing at Carnegie Hall. Well, last year, he played at Carnegie Hall. He played at Carnegie Hall. I believe that God is saying, thank you, Quinnell. I want you to play there too. Thank you for asking. Because he's waiting for us to ask for him to answer. So he said, whatever you ask, I'm to do immeasurably. Huber ek perisau in the Greek. Which means beyond anything, whatever your measurement it is, God has got to multiply it because God's answers are bigger than your asks. So God is saying, ask of me. So all of these scriptures, Jesus says, ask, ask your father. Now remember, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes along, and whenever Jesus begins the revelation of the Holy Spirit, which is in John 14 through 16, guess what he does again? He says, whatever you ask in my name, chapter 14, verse 15, I will do it. That is the most unbelievable verse I have ever heard. In Washington State, we had a teenage girl that said, can I share my dream with you, Pastor? She said, I had a dream that I had died and I had gone to heaven. And there was an angel guide that showed me all through heaven. And I came to this massive building. And I said to the angel, what does this building contain? And the angel said, this contains all the things that God wanted to give you, but you never asked. When she told that dream to me, I decided, God, I'm going to ask for as much as I can ask for. Because I don't want to get to heaven and discover there was so much more he wanted to do through me. But I never asked. Then he goes on to say, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Verse 16, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The Father is glorified in the Son when we ask. Just when we ask, he's glorified. Chapter number 15, verse 7, if you abide, mene in the Greek, if you abide in me, if you cohese, if you just stick to me, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask whatever you want. Are, are you getting this? Am I getting this? Are we getting this in this room? I can ask whatever I want and he will give it to me. And he puts no qualifications on it at all. He gives me the keys to his car and doesn't make any stipulation of where I can drive, how far I can drive, or how I can drive. He just says, you can drive, you have the keys. The same chapter of 15 of John, verse number 16. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And ordained, appointed you to bear fruit, that your fruit would remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, notice how many times he includes Father because he's a good, good Father. He's a good, good Father. Most of us didn't have 
good, good fathers. 80% of you didn't have good, good fathers. So it's hard whatever somebody tells you, he's a good, good father. Years ago, many, many years ago, I was having lunch with Gabriel Zamora today. And I, I told him this story. It was in my early ministry, but I don't remember where. But I can tell you the circumstance. And I was talking to a pastor and his little boy, and it seems to me it was in the state of Idaho, but I'm not confident of that. And the ice cream truck came by, and you could hear the bell of the ice cream truck. And the little boy said, Daddy, Daddy, can I have an ice cream? Daddy, Daddy, can I have an ice cream? And I don't remember how much it cost in those days, 10 cents, 15 cents. I have no idea, because it's a long time ago. Whatever he said this, his dad responds, Son, your dad's a poor preacher. I don't have, I can't give you money to buy an ice cream. And I remember pulling a dollar out of my pocket and giving it to the boy and says, Son, because your dad's a pastor, here's a dollar. I wanted to cancel out the spirit of that dad because he contradicted the spirit of the father. Because God is your father, if this costs 10 cents, here's a dollar. Because God is your father, he's going to extravagantly honor you and bless you, and you don't need to feel guilty about it. Whenever God blesses you, don't feel guilty. Because you got a good, good father. A good, good father. He says, just ask me. Just ask me. Another scripture, because I have... Uh, another ministry that Debbie and I are leaders of called Kingdom Global Ministries, uh, that we minister in many, many dozens of nations. And the theme of Kingdom Global is found in the book of Psalms, chapter 2, verse 8, and it says, ask of me and I will give you nations. So many times when I fly into a nation, even on the way there, I'll say, Jesus, I claim this nation for you. And I can hear somebody saying, oh, how silly that is. I don't care how silly it is. If you're a child, you can ask for silly things. But it's not silly. That we can ask for nations, including this nation. Jesus, I ask you for this nation. I ask you for this nation. I don't want to be a goat nation. I want to be a sheep nation. I want this nation to repent for our ungodliness. I want this nation to repent for injustice. I want this nation to repent for inequality. I want this nation to repent for any sense of pride or superiority. You, you exalt the humble, but you oppose the proud. Jesus, I love this nation, but it's only by your grace that we are anything. It is only by your grace. I pray for this nation. I pray that our, our politicians would fall on their knees and cry out to God. You don't have anybody as smart, smart enough to deliver this nation. There's nobody capable with enough knowledge. Nobody has the, the ability to save this but our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We ask you, Jesus, to send revival to this nation. We cry out to you for this nation. We ask for nations, including this nation. Our production manager, his nation is Brazil. We pray for the nation of Brazil. Satan hates that nation. Satan hates Guatemala, one of the most Christian nations of the world. Satan hates Israel. I pray for Israel. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray for Germany. 
that they be released from the scourge of Nazism. I pray for the nations of the world. I pray for Mexico that it would experience massive revival, that the curse of poverty be gone from Mexico. I pray for the nations of the world. I cry for the nations of the world. I pray for China. We can get so caught up in politics, we forget the heart of Jesus. Jesus cried over the city of Jerusalem. He cried over the city of Jerusalem. Jesus, help us, Jesus, to have your heart. We ask you, and I want you at home, turn this time into an asking time for your relatives that are not born again yet. They will be. The same blood that covered you will continue until it covers all of them. My wife's aunt just lost a daughter recently to brain aneurysm. How old would she have been? In her early 50s, just died, brain aneurysm. But Debbie's grandparents, her aunts, mom and dad, would pray daily, and their last name was Burns, Lord, let anyone that has a drop of Burns blood, every one of them be saved. Every one of them be saved. But her life was not a life of godliness or righteousness, and she struggled with so many issues. And I'm sure whenever she dropped dead without a chance to say her prayer, to say or pray anything, yet they found in her ledger, she had written a poem about knowing God, knowing Jesus. She had written a poem. God had prepared her for her garden experience when she could say Rabboni. God had prepared her. God had prepared her. Jesus, we ask for our relatives with the drop of our blood that every one of them be saved. And you love to hear our prayers and you love to answer our prayers. And Jesus, we ask that sickness be gone from every household and disease gone from every household. The cancer be gone, the diabetes be gone, that arthritis be gone, that every problem be gone. You want us to ask. Nothing is too small. The common cold is not too small. So we ask. We ask Jesus for those areas that will release the giftedness in every person that is watching because every one of you have an incredible ability we pray for that. We ask you for that release anointing, release anointing, release anointing, release anointing, release anointing, release anointing, because we have that creative nature of God inside us. We want it to be fully released. We ask. We ask. Thank you for joining us today. I want to thank all of you who support our ministry and make this possible. If you'd like to partner with us, simply click the link in the description for more info. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel in order to be notified of future episodes. For more information on service times and location, 
please visit watersidechurch.com. Have a blessed day in Jesus and go be the church. Thank you.